Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Welcome to another episode of the Anyone's Game podcast. I'm Andrew Siltwick and today I'm joined by Chris Marshall to look back at Scotland's agonising late defeat to France in the Women's Under-19 European Championships. We'll also touch on the news that came out of iBox this week and the changes to Rangers women, including the appointment of the new head coach, Gregory Vignal. After Argentina, the World Cup and France last night, it appears this is the summer of late heartbreak for Scotland. All we need now is for Bell to ditch Anton to make it a treble. Chris, do you know who Bell and Anton are? Are you aware of the work? Uh, I, I know that it's Love Island related, but I have to say that Love Island are two of my muted words on uh, Twitter. So I think that kind of gives an insight into how much I, I'm involved in it. Love Island, 9pm, get involved, Chris. <laughs> Back to the Scotland game, though. Sandy Baltimore gave France a lead. Emma Craig drew Scotland level, but Naomi Feller scored a late winner for the French. Chris, what were your thoughts on the 90 minutes? Um, I thought that Scotland started okay. They, we got um, got into the faces of the French quite early. I, I remember a tackle by Jamie Lee Napier in particular that got a few oohs and ahs from the crowd. But um, I thought I thought we held our own all right as it went in at half time. Now, now I thought the French had some nice touches at the front three of um, uh, Baltimore and Malvard, where and two, the two in particular were, were very good. Had lots of touches, but wasn't really coming together for them. And I thought, to be honest with you. When they got the goal up, we didn't didn't crumble maybe like we'd seen over the course of the summer. Um, and I thought we we kind of did okay to get a goal back, but obviously, as you say, last minute heartbreak. It was a really well taken goal. It was probably the first time in the game that defence properly totally switched off, which was a, a disappointing way to end the game. When actually, I think a lot of people thought coming into this one we'd struggle quite a bit. Yeah, Scotland, the mid fans look quite ordinary. To be honest, like um, I mean, it's so frustrating because Scotland defended so well. Uh, Melvine Millard, she was clearly a focal point for France, but Jenna Clark and Michaela McAloney, they, they kept her relatively quiet. Uh, she had one really good chance uh, just before half-time, which Sophie Allison tipped over. But, you know, she was she was guilty of being over a lab bit at times, to be fair. But, um, I mean, they hold off after an hour, which I thought was testament to how well Scotland had defended. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think she was trying too much. It was almost a... A case of maybe she thought she was a little bit above the level. That that thought kind of entered my head at some point. She's obviously played for Leon this season, so she's not very well highly thought of. I thought um, uh, Baltimore, who, who scored the, the kind of fluky first goal, um, I, I saw there was a bit of a debate whether it was a cross or a shot. It was definitely a cross. Um, I thought she looked dangerous pretty much throughout. And then I thought the, the some of the subs French made as well were quite... They didn't seem to change things, but they kept the momentum going for them a little bit. And I think, actually, the goal that Scotland scored almost jolted them into life a little bit and the the goal at the end was actually well worth moving as, as I said unfortunately for us uh, Naomi Fella was left unmarked in the box and she took the finish really well to, to be fair to her Yeah this kind of, she gets in between two defenders I think it's uh, McAloney and, and Amy Muir she gets in between and I mean, you know, 94th minute, your, your legs are obviously going a wee bit but um, the whole occasion though, it was good like I mean I've got to be honest I thought the cold was it was bigger than I thought it would be. I think to pull in over 1,200 for an under-19s game, whether it's a European Championship or not, I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, there was an effort made to make it feel like a, a big deal. So they had uh, B. Charlotte, who did the, the official anthem. She sang that start. 
Um, they had a kind of flag ceremony with some football freestylers. So yeah, you can sometimes listen to that and put it into the context of a massive World Cup tournament. I think that's not much, but that's that's a big effort. Um, I was actually speaking to somebody who I know who kind of was helped with the organisation of the games, and they said that UEFA were actually really pleased with it. Got a, a message with three thumbs up and three stars. Don't know what that actually means, but it sounded like they were very happy with what was done. And as you say, that the crowd, I, I was equally surprised by the crowd in a good way. Um, I think one of the things that we've all been concerned about is how's that momentum going to carry through? And it feels like it has at the moment, um, especially when you consider you've been to these kind of games in the past and you're lucky if maybe you get 100, 200 at it. Uh, well, afterwards, myself and Chris spoke to head coach Pauline Hamill and she says she was proud of how our players performed in the opening game. I thought that our players were excellent. I think, you know, they carried out the game plan almost perfectly. Um, and in the end, we didn't deserve to lose the game, I didn't feel. You know, I would accept that there was long spells for France it's much more of the ball than us and they occupied the pitch really well but I think in terms of the strengths of our players and we caused them a lot of problems and you know I, they can be really proud of their performance because I think that, that they, they did excellent. I mean, so considering Ped's results in October considering how much ball France still had yeah. your team could fight so I need to get the point and in front of all the pressure of the crowd as well I mean, uh, so it's a lot about your players yeah it does I'm, as I've said for the start that since the start of 2019 they've been brilliant and they've really took huge steps forward I think to come in and actually have time within this game to compete with a team like France to come back to be 1-1 right up until the last minute or last two minutes whatever it was that they can take great confidence for that and comparison to October then they've made huge strides forward and it's a credit to them they're fantastic attitudes brilliant players to work with and, and they're doing so well Head to the Norway game you feel it's a must win though? I think it's the same as when we approach the France game I think it's a game that we want to go in and really do everything we can to put in our best performance Norway are an excellent team and I think that the Netherlands are so good and that probably hides a wee bit at the level of Norway um, but we know that that's going to be a really tough game and I think what will be key for us is getting the players recovered, getting them going again and being up for another big match like that. Um, where athletically you're really pushed to the limit, it's the top, top level in Europe and but I'm really confident that our players can come out again and put in another really good performance. Do you have a change of approach in mind for the Norway game or is it a case of seeing what we've done this one and take it into the next one? Aye, I mean, I think tomorrow we'll sit and reflect a bit on how we performed tonight and we'll look at how Norway set up and how they play and we'll look at how we can best set up to give the players the best chance. I think right now it's difficult to say, um, but certainly we'll approach it like we did today where we want to get something from the game and do everything we can to win it. What did you say to them afterwards? I said to them that I was really proud of them. Um, I think if, you know, if we'd look back to October to now, seen the difference that we've made in that time that they should be so proud of themselves that they shouldn't feel downbeat because they put in such a great performance and we just want now to build on that into the next game and put in another really good performance against Norway. Uh, she touched there in the Norway game and said uh, we should ignore that they lost 5-0 to Netherlands in the opening match and I agree with her. I was at the game, Holland were really impressive. The front three really looked the part. And uh, in defence, they've conceded one goal in qualifying. You could see why. Um, Norway actually played well, put under a lot of pressure, especially in the first half, and uh, Holland repelled everything. Um, as good as Holland were, though, Norway's defending wasn't too clever, and the goalkeeper, don't really want to criticise too harshly at that age group, but it wouldn't surprise me if she was replaced for the Scotland game. <laughs> she had a bit of a nightmare. But um, 
But looking ahead to, to Friday's game, no, we are a good team, but they're clearly they've got a weakness at the back. There is goals there for Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. I've just been doing as, as we've, just before recording. I've actually just been looking at some preview stuff for the Norway game, and as you say, uh, Karen Schneev and the, the Norwegian goal didn't have our finest ninety minutes. I think it's fair to say, but you're right. There is goals in there, and I think if um, Scotland can start the same way as they did against the French, there's an opportunity. But there's goals in that Norway team as well. During qualifying, they scored twelve goals. So they put seven past Ukraine, and I thought what was interesting about the team looking at it was that the the player who scored seven of their goals in qualifying, Jenny Olsen, actually started on the bench. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if she comes back into the reckoning. But I think what Pauline Hamill said was spot on, is it's it's easy to mask the ability of the Norwegians of looking at it in that, that lens of a 5-0 defeat. But they are a really good team and they have shown that in the history of this tournament. They're four-time finalists. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to be a challenge. And I, I, wouldn't, I really hope that what happens is people don't get the expectation is because they lost 5-0 that Scotland are going to go into this as, as favourites because they probably still aren't. Scotland, a captain Amy Moore says, the second late defeat to France has not rocked their confidence. Amy, that must be a difficult one to take. Yeah, it is. I mean, you don't like to lose a goal that late. Um, and we worked so hard for the full 94 minutes that we were playing. And um, yeah, it's obviously disappointing to lose the goal late, but I think we need to look at our whole performance. and. We've just worked our socks off and we've done brilliant tonight and it's like a really good start for us. Yeah, it was in cast it well, you defended so well over the 90 minutes. Yeah, we did, we were really organised and that's something we'd, we'd worked on for months and I think we we done that really well tonight and yeah, as you say, it's obviously disappointing to lose that goal but we've we've really competed well tonight and we've made chances ourselves as well. You always take a lot of positives from the game as well. Yeah, absolutely and, you know, looking forward to the next, the next game against Norway and I think we can take a lot from tonight and a lot of confidence that we've went toe to toe with France. And um, yeah, we were unlucky in the end, but yeah, we're, we're really positive. You started the game very much in the French faces. That kind of game plan at the start to make sure that you didn't kind of give them time on the ball to get some of the goals. Yeah, it was about being organised defensively, and um, you know, if we were there, we wanted to put pressure on them, wanted to get in their faces, and I think we've done that really well for the for the most of the game. And you know, it's a hard shift, but. I thought we, we, we performed it really well. And looking ahead to the Norway game, um, as they, they had a poor result earlier in the Netherlands, but they're a very good side. I think that everybody can agree that we masked it a little bit. Do you anything that you've got in your mind in terms of that game? Um, well, at the moment, we'll just recover from this game and you know we'll look at what we've done well, what we've not done well, and we'll look towards the Norway game. But you know we won't look at their results. We'll, we know they're a really good team, and there'll be another good team just like the Netherlands and France. So. Well, we'll prepare in the right way and go out and do everything we can to, to try and win the game. Do you feel it's a must win now? Well, I think we'll just take it as it comes and, you know, we're trying to win every game, of course, that's the, what we want to do. And um, But for us, it's it's about competing with the best and testing ourselves against the best. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to it now. Uh, you heard me make the point there of asking both player and manager if Norway was now a must win. Uh, neither said it was, but due to the strength of Holland, it, it surely is. Yeah, I think it is as well. You can't, um, as you, as you say, from I saw the second half of the Netherlands game, and and from what you've said about it as well, they look very very strong. And if Scotland have a realistic chance of uh, not finishing bottom of the group, then I think beating Norway is is very much the the task at hand. So, um, I think they'll they'll have taken a lot of from, from the France game. Obviously, disappointing to lose, but as you said, I think they made French look pretty ordinary. And I think. If they go at it with that, that same approach, then they'll they'll give themselves as good a shot as they possibly can. 
Uh, well, after the Netherlands 5-0 win, I spoke to head coach Jessica Tony, who says she could have wished for a better start. I think it's a dream start on a, on the tournament uh, for the first game. Uh, win 5-0, that's, that's not normal, England. Uh, I'm very happy with it. Are you surprised at the scoring? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I think um, we make our in six minutes, I think, uh, two goals. And uh, that was very quick. And um, yeah, that is also uh, how we will want to play. And that's well nice uh, that we can do that on, uh, in six uh, minutes. Your, your front three, your, your three forwards yes. are very impressive. Yes, yeah, they are uh, very quickly and um, uh, we want to play when, uh, when we all get the ball. And we know that, uh, that Norway will uh, play quick uh, the balls uh, forward, win the second ball and then uh, uh, go quickly uh, forward uh, to our side. And uh, that, that is what uh, the play, uh, how we want to play. And your team, you, do, you don't concede a lot of goals and today Norway put you under a lot of pressure but you defended very well too. Yeah, our defender was was very good, not good enough. I think sometimes we had uh, to make uh, quickly the double, um, but it was good enough for today. <laughs> you think you sent out a warning to France and Scotland? Yeah, I hopefully I think uh, the second uh, game will uh, will not easy uh, playing against uh, France, uh, but um, hopefully I've, I look forward and uh, I hope to play well against today. So on Friday, Scotland play Norway for Hill. That game is a 6.15 kick-off. That comes after Netherlands v France. It's St. Mary's Park at 4 o'clock. I have to say, that's not great planning by the organisers. Uh, we're, just, we're just praised of the organising. But uh, like I was able to go to both games on Tuesday. But you like turn on Friday, it's not going to be possible. Um, it's not really the smartest moves, I don't think, if you're A, wanting fans along, and B, wanting a bit of media coverage. But uh, anyway... Uh, also on Friday, Spain, who beat Belgium 2-0 in the opening game up against England at Fourth Bank. And Germany, 2-1 winners in their first game face Belgium at McDermott Park. Uh, Chris, while you're here, uh, Rangers have announced Gregory Vignal as a new head coach in the back of announcing games were played at the Hummels training ground. And players can now begin signing full-time contracts. Uh, we felt Rangers had to do something if they wanted to be taking a serious contenders in the SWPL, and they have. Yeah, they certainly have. Um, I think we've talked about maybe Rangers being a bit quiet over the summer, but it seems there's been a very good reason as to why um, this this structural change where they're moving everything in-house. Um, Gregory Vignal coming in and Amy, Mac, uh, Amy McDonald stepping up to kind of be the academy side uh, academy manager Sorry for the for the women's side of the game. I'll be interested to see how uh, Vignal does. Um, they released some interviews uh, on the Rangers social media channels over the last couple of days. Um, he's definitely well thought of at, at Rangers from, by all accounts. He's been at the academy for a couple of years, but one of the interesting things he did say was that he was watching the Women's World Cup and he was surprised at the quality. And it, it kind of put a wee question mark in my head about how much he knows about the game. I suppose the thing with that is he's got Amy McDonald there as a, as a reference point and she she has very strong opinions in the game. I think she's a very refreshing voice to speak to, especially after, after a game. So I think they've got a good structure in place and I think moving to the Hummel Training Centre potentially has, has a, the opportunity to be a really good, mood, uh, good move. They've talked about the fact that they need to be realistic. They know that Rangers' DNA, and this was said a lot, is, is winning. And at the moment, the women's side is nowhere near that. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do in the second half of the season. They've obviously lost Amy Muir, who we were speaking to a lot, uh, after the game against France. So interesting to see what recruitment they do, because I think that's, that's definitely something they'll have to do, even for the second half of this season. Yeah, that's that's a difficult thing. I mean, when Celtic announced they were going to full time, I know they've not gone full time yet. Um, that's, that's a good point. They they hope to do it this summer. Um, but when they 
announced they were going to go full time, and they've obviously brought in Eddie Blackie Black, and they made this kind of similar bold statement, if you like, and then they try to sign players, and the players didn't want to come. You know, Rangers have now made this announcement, right, we're going to be doing this, that, we're going to be playing here, we're going to be playing full-time contracts, but actually, it's still difficult to, to go and get the best players, because, I mean, Rachel McLaughlin, come back to Hibs, uh, go back to Glasgow City, sorry, come back to Scotland, I should say, is uh, it's kind of going against the green at the moment. All the best players are really going to England, and Rangers Celtic have still got to try and compete with that. Yeah, and I think that, as, as you say, it's not even so much competing with uh, with down south at the moment, it's competing with Glasgow City and Hibernian. Amy Muir has gone from uh, from Rangers to Hibs, and uh, in that in the Scottish women's context, so that is a step up at the moment because obviously Hibs have got the Champions League qualifiers coming up uh, in August, and they have been winning things, whereas Rangers and Celtic don't have that that recent history of winning trophies, and to be honest, winning trophies at all women's football. So I think you make a very good point. It's it's good to make the gesture, but it's how they then how they build upon that and actually get people to convert to it. I was wondering. When I was looking at some of the signings happening at WSL, and there seems to be quite a few kind of foreign players now seem to be dispersing around Europe, and I wonder if maybe they'll go down that route a little bit. But yeah, I think I think you're right. It'll be interesting to see how they actually execute it because I think coming up with the plan is the first stage, but it's probably the easiest bit. Okay, well that's all for this episode. Uh, we'll be back at the weekend after match day two. Thanks to Chris for joining me. No problem at all. Thanks very much. And good luck to Scotland on Friday. You are listening to the Anyone's Game podcast. For advertising inquiries, email agpodcast at yahoo.com.